Joining us on the phone line, my friend Rick Esselberg, president of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I am wonderful on this Thursday. Let's start with this one. A lot of people have been asking this question lately, and I think I've asked you this before, but I, I guess there's a couple ways we can look at this. If Donald Trump is the nominee, if Donald Trump wins the election in November, can he come into office next January and essentially say, I don't care what you convicted me of, I'm pardoning myself. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. I mean, we don't we can't know for sure whether it will work because we don't have any instance in history where that has happened. But there are, you know, people who argue that the presidential pardon is unlimited and the president could pardon himself. Is it a question that certainly the, believe, Is it a question the Supreme Court believe. has looked at before? I don't think so, right? No. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that there's any president in the United States that uh, ever pardoned himself. I mean, the, the, the one that you can think of who at least would have had a occasion to do it is Richard Nixon, and he was not, not pardoned himself. Joe Ford pardoned. So I, 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 we would be in uncharted territory. Uh, my guess is that he'd do it. And uh, and then the court would have to look at it. And then we have this highly uncomfortable situation where uh, imagine that the court says, well, no, we interpret pardon in the uh, language of the Constitution to mean that, you know, you can pardon other people, but you can't pardon yourself. And uh, then what does Trump do in response to that? You know, part of me thinks this, it's already nutty, and this is going to be a crazy year for all the other cases that he's facing. And then you throw the pardon thing into it if if he's elected in in November and takes office in January. I, I guess from a from a non legal perspective, but just from a smart guy perspective, is the country ready to go through this in twenty twenty four and early twenty twenty five? Are we ready for this? No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, mean, I love the I, honesty, I, and, and I. You know, I think that uh, for the most part, with the exception of the documents case, these criminal cases against Trump are ill-conceived. That, that doesn't mean that his behavior, the underlying behavior that that, uh, that, that the charges deal with was uh, admirable, acceptable. It doesn't even mean that it's not um, in a moral or political sense disqualifying. I, I, I think it is both of those things. But uh, it, it, it's not criminal. Uh, however, having said that, I mean, there are some there is a documents case, which I think is different. And uh, there are some live issues uh, surrounding at least uh, the, the Jack Smith January 6th charges um, that could be resolved in a way uh, that make the cases uh, prosecutable. And so we are, I think, the Republican Party, by nominating Donald Trump, is running a risk that we will find ourselves in that situation. And uh, I, I don't think that people have given adequate thought to what that means. Uh, I think that on, on the Republican side, there's this idea that, well, we have to lob, we have to rally around Donald Trump because, uh, uh, you know, he's, um, uh, he's being unfairly treated. And on the Democrat side, um, I think inadequate thought was given to what the ramifications of this type of um, aggressive use of the law uh, might mean for the country. 
Talking to Rick, es- Rick Essenberg, president of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. So if I'm looking at these cases, and you are somebody who's been in courtrooms, you've, you've argued cases in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, certainly. Um, the courts have been known to be slow, not necessarily quick. Looking at the timeline and, and just the, the sheer volume of these cases that the president, former president is facing, realistically, any of these things close to being wrapped up before the election in November? Well, I think that the question of whether Trump has access to the ballot could be wrapped up close to November. The Colorado case. Before November. Yeah, the Colorado case. The Colorado case is set to be argued in February. My, my guess is that the court, uh, the Supreme Court will and should reverse the Colorado Supreme Court, and that will be the end of that. However, uh, the, the, the Smith January 6 charges, uh, they're set for trial in March, um, but but there are problems that this question of the extent of the president's immunity from criminal prosecution um, is uh, on appeal to the DC circuit. Uh, it's probably, probably going to be a petition for review to the U S Supreme court after that, all that deprives the district court judge of jurisdiction. I don't think that much uh, fifth trial date is going to happen. Uh, the, the document case down in Florida is uh, set to go to trial. Uh, I think on May 20th, but uh, that's a very, very difficult case to move quickly because you have to get security clearance for uh, the various participants in the trial, the lawyers and the people who work for them, so that you know they can deal with these you know documents that are at issue there. And so, I mean, I think that this uncertainty—I mean, unless the court takes up the uh, question of immunity, uh, rules quickly, and comes to the conclusion that. Uh, uh, that the president is immune from criminal prosecution, which I think is is not the likely outcome. Uh, then I think uh, you know we're we're going to have this stuff uh, running in the background of the presidential election. Uh, um, you know, maybe maybe through November. If the court would go against what you just said and gave him immunity, is that does that end all this stuff for the most part? Well, it, it ends the the. the <sighs> It probably ends the January 6th case, it, although there might be an issue there as to whether or not the, um, the, the actions that he took after the election were done in the scope of his official duties. Uh, but, but if the court says they were, uh, and you know, there are all sorts of permutations of this. I mean, the court might say, yes, the president has uh, immunity for actions taken in the course of his official duties, but... Uh, we're going to remand this case to determine whether or not the uh, post-election conduct was in the course of his official duties as the president of the United States. Or they may come to the conclusion that, yes, the president has immunity, but it's qualified. And you, you can lose your immunity um, by uh, stepping outside some band of what is permissible. And the case can be remanded to determine whether or not he's outside that band or not. Uh, I, I think it, it could it could end the January 6th case, but, uh, but it's not certain to end the January 6th case. Uh, the Georgia case would probably go along with that. Uh, the two cases in New York, which I think are, are very, very weak cases, and the Eugene Carroll case, which isn't a criminal case, uh, but yet is very embarrassing uh, to a, a presidential candidate to be accused of things like that, uh, to say the least. Is uh, those are not, those are clearly outside the scope of his duties. He wasn't 
President, when those things happen. Rick Esselberg joining us on, on WTMJ now, the president of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Uh, when you think about all of these, uh, you know, these court cases and the, the the action of Donald Trump, and he's he's showing up at some of these cases and some of these trials. Um, he seems to be willing to push the envelope with conduct and actual public statements of the written kind in the form of posts and uh, whatever the new word for tweet is, um, judge, judges have well, chastised he does, him. He doesn't tweet, right? He goes on truth, truth social. social. Yeah, so what's, I don't know what the... Truth what, social, Donnie. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Um, so is there a judge brave enough, I guess, maybe that's not the right term, to say, you know what, no, well, you're not doing this. And what actually could they do to a former president to say, we have to limit this. And I'm not even sure you can't put him under house arrest, I'm guessing, because he's a candidate for, for the presidency. What do you do with him? Well, you could. I mean, he can be held in contempt, and he has been held in contempt, I think, and fine. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, this is the thing. You know, Trump is leaning into this, and he wants to present himself. as And, and this is, to some extent, uh, the... Uh, the nature of his appeal. I mean, a lot of people who uh, who don't like Trump, and I, I, I surely do not like Trump, uh, think that you know his his appeal is completely nefarious, and they're not they don't understand uh, just how much the uh, progressive left has alienated much of the country, and so they're willing to live with Trump in part because they think the progressive left is too bad, is so bad, and, and in part because. Uh, he seems to be the guy that annoys them the most, right? He's the guy that sticks his thumb in their eye. And it's kind of like, you know, the worst enemy of my enemy is my best friend type of thing. And uh, he's leaning into that, I think, with the way that he's responding to all of this stuff. And uh, the, the problem that he's going to face is that, you know, it can get him 50% of the vote in Republican primaries, at least for a while, I don't know how long that's going to last. You remember 1980 uh, when Teddy Kennedy uh, challenged Jimmy Carter? Uh, Jimmy Carter thumped him in the first, I don't know how many, seven, eight, nine, ten primaries, uh, because he got a lot of sympathy because the hostages were being held. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that sympathy wore itself out after a while. And it, I think the interesting thing here is, you know, and maybe the reason why Haley uh, is planning to stay in the race uh, is, uh, you know, that sympathy for Trump, uh, I, I don't think it's likely to run out among Republican primary voters, but it might. And and uh, but but even if it doesn't, he gets the nomination, which seems like, you know, the most likely thing to happen. Um, it doesn't play as well in the general election. And uh, the, the, the Trump people should be very, very concerned about Haley's performance with independence in New Hampshire, and they should be very, very concerned about a lot of polling that shows that uh, a very significant proportion of Republican voters say they won't vote for him if he's convicted of something. Rick Esselberg, President of Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, quickly before we uh, we let you go back to your, your fun times there. Um, let's. I know you're still working, but you, you also enjoy your life. <laughs> Down in Florida. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of ducks on the canal right now. I'm mean, swimming in the sun, so I'm, I'm sure it's the same. You have the same view, don't you? Yeah, no, unfortunately, I don't. I'm, I'm envious. So, so given all we've gone through with with uh, with Donald Trump and and you know the court cases and all that and the challenges to 2020, 
any possibility, regardless if he's a nominee or he's not, or you know whatever happens in the general election, any possibility that we're not just reliving the next, the last three years and the next three years, given that he's the person. Well, you know, um, uh, uh, one of my colleagues uh, has this saying that people don't change. And uh, I don't know whether I subscribe to that completely, but they sure don't change that much when they're 78 years old. And so I'm afraid that we, we, we are going to deal with this. And, and you know, part of my argument, uh, and again, this is my position, Will does not take a position on presidential candidates, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, Trump may hurt conservatives more by winning than he would by losing, because I think that's exactly what we're going to get. And I just don't think the country wants that on a long-term or even medium-term basis. I couldn't say any better than that. Rick Esselberg, always appreciate your time and your wisdom. We'll talk down the road. Take care. Absolutely. Rick Esselberg, all the way from Florida. How about that?